0: What's up, NFL fans? Welcome to another episode of Four Down Territory. I'm your host, as always, Luke Easterling, alongside Doug Ferrar from Touchdown Wire. Doug, it's a sad morning, right? The football season is officially uh, over. Super We Bowl made 56. it. We did make it. We did we make survived. it. We survived. A big high and then a crash, right, emotionally when you realize the season's over. But, uh, I mean, this postseason was full of close games. We got another one in Super Bowl 56 uh, this, this time around. Rams come out on top. They become the second team uh, to win the Super Bowl, play in the Super Bowl, and win it at home uh, after the Bucks did it last year. Uh, let's get straight to it. We've seen dream teams, if you will, in other sports just implode, right, when, when they were expected to perform at such a high level with all the talent they've acquired. The Rams proved in the Super Bowl that they're no ordinary dream team, right? They It all worked out exactly as they expected it to, right? How, how is this team different than those others, maybe even in other sports, who just went out and bought what they thought was the best team money could buy?
1: Well, I think a lot of the dream team stuff, it's teams that are fiscally irresponsible, and don't know how to build depth around those superstars. And in the Rams case, a lot of the focus is on the Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford trades, in which Rams gave up two first-round picks, and in Stafford's case, a whole lot more, Jared Goff, for each player. The difference is that the Ramsey and Stafford trades both worked. In the Rams' favor, decidedly. They got top-tier players at two of the game's most important positions. A lot of the other guys in the Super Bowl, I mean, they came cheap. They got Von Miller on a low-ball deal because the Broncos were doing whatever they were doing, rebuilding for whatever. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. was a free agent after things didn't work out in Cleveland uh, for all kinds of reasons. Sonny Michelle was underwanted by the Patriots. Another low-ball deal. Rams said, hey, you scored a touchdown against us in Super Bowl 53, let's have you on our team. The Rams also have done really, really well. Draftware guy, you know this. In the later rounds of drafts, if you're gonna mortgage all your first round picks, you better be able to do that. And this is where most dream teams fall short with inadequate depth. No better example than Cooper Cup, the 69th overall player, and the seventh receiver taken in the 2017 draft. Think some teams want to do over there? Probably. A lot and a lot of their super superstars, you know, the Greg Gaines, David Long Jr., the guys like that, the, the glue guys who hold the roster together. Are either later round guys or undrafted free agents entirely, and that has the chip on the shoulder factor, which Stafford and Ramsey have also had for multiple reasons. Stafford, you know, with the can't win the big game, and Ramsey just because he has a chip on his shoulder. Um, So it all works together, and then when you can have that Aaron Donald guy on your team, that helps too. He's pretty good. So yeah, the the Rams have done a really nice sort of holistic. It's different, and people kind of raise their eyes. I don't know what this is going to work. Well, they've got. They've got this sort of three-tiered plan together or a lot of those dream teams dealt or didn't.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key, Doug, is that that whole program approach, right? Where you 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 have to build your team in all these different ways and you have to hit on all those different ways. Honestly, it reminds me of how the Bucks got to the Super Bowl and won it last year. Yeah. Exactly. Very similar. They drafted well over a handful of years. I know there was a couple of dark years at the beginning of Jason Light's tenure, the general manager there, but they drafted really well for three, four, five years. That 2017 draft, not long after Cooper Cup went to the Rams, the Bucks got Chris Godwin in that same third round later on. Um, another great pick for them, but again, a foundational piece that they found outside the first round. They made they signed some quality free agents, made a couple of key trades, and then they got the star quarterback they needed after that. They made a couple moves after that, obviously, much like the, the Rams did this year with Von Miller and Odell, who you mentioned, but you have to hit on all of those different avenues of acquiring talent, and then once you get them in the building – you have to have the coaching. You have to have the great the mix of young players and veterans. You have to be able to to bring that talent together, like you said, in a holistic way, where everybody's able to to pull their weight and do their job when it matters most. And that's what we saw really the last two years with both of these teams.
1: And I'll say this also for McVay, Sean McVay and his coaching staff; they're really good at sort of merging what they do with what their players do and what their new players do. I know. That halfway through the season they were off into staff, it was a little weird it was a lot of empty too many explosive attempts and then they sort of got it together and McVay said okay here are the things you like to do here are the things i like to do let's make it work um especially when you bring guys in mid-season to bring them in new at a position that requires so much learning like quarterback you have to be able to do that and they've done it really well
0: Now, moving to the other side uh, where there's uh, the opposite of elation, obviously, this morning. The Cincinnati Bengals, it was a heartbreaking loss for them in this Super Bowl. Given what we've seen from Joe Burrow, though, and and the way that team played in the second half of the season and into the playoffs, are we automatically assuming now that this is going to
1: be just the first of many Super Bowls for Joe Burrow and the Bengals? I think as long as they fix an offensive line that would get blown up by a Division II edge-rushing roster. (laughs) That was bad. Uh, and it was bad at the worst possible times. I, I, they they get that fixed. They're, you know, the thing that struck me about the Bengals going into the season, especially later in the season and in the, in the postseason, is they got some A guys. They got a lot of B guys. They don't really have a lot of C and D guys. You could argue Eli Apple, especially after the way the game went. But they're pretty much set as long as they get the line fixed. So I think it's pretty much automatic that the Bengals will be contenders. But it's far from automatic that they'll ever get back to a Super Bowl because, and it's not the Bengals, it's an AFC that is preposterously stacked with great teams led by phenomenal young quarterbacks. Think about the NFC right now. Wouldn't surprise you if the Rams run it back next year, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, Jimmy Garoppolo leaving in San Francisco. There isn't as much resistance. You know, the Buccaneers, sorry, Luke, uh, they got a quarterback thing to, to figure out. Um, you know, with the Bengals, even if they fix that god awful line, they have to deal with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Chargers, the Ravens, all these quarterbacks who are capable of turning their lights out. It reminds me very much of the NFC in the 1980s and 1990s where they went on that 13-year streak from San Francisco through Green Bay of winning Super Bowls in 84 through 96. You just you couldn't get in because it was so stacked. Burrow and his team have some serious the battles against those teams. And again, no way – the, the Bengals are there. They're there and it's not a fluke. it you know you can say 81 49ers, 2001 Patriots yeah, but what do those teams do? It's that everyone else in that conference is just all the way there. Yeah,
0: I think you can look at this multiple ways right On one hand, you do have a team that made it all the way to the Super Bowl with that terrible offensive line right and in spite of that they were still able to get to the big game and have so many you know incredible wins in the postseason so many so much else about that team to get excited about. But I think on the other side of that coin, that's what worries me. It's not just that they won't, you know, they'll be competitive. And I think they they could own that division for quite a while in the AFC North. But like you said, when you've got to go through the Chiefs every year to get to get to that point, when you've got to go through Josh Allen and the Bills, who are obviously going to be even hungrier the next year. And until they get their chance at the Super Bowl, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, like you said, I mean and that's not even counting the fact that you have other young quarterbacks in the AFC who are recent more recently drafted who could emerge just like Joe Burrow did last year. I know we're going to mm-hmm. get to that here in a little bit, but that AFC is going to be it's going to be tough to to get through like they did and that's why again, you know, a magical run like this for them when it doesn't finish it's it's hard not to wonder what could have been because it's it's just so hard to get back to the top of that mountain.
1: Yeah, everyone thought Dan Marino was going to have, you know, blah 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 this many Super Bowls. One that was it.
0: Now, speaking of the Bengals, two years ago, they were 2-14, and 14, right? The worst team in the NFL. They got the number one pick. That's how they got Joe Burrow, right? Last year, they only won four games. They still had a top five pick. That's when they took Jamar Chase. This year, they were in the Super Bowl after being the worst team in the league and a bottom five team in the league. Looking at the rest of the league, what current NFL team could have a similar turnaround from that bottom five to maybe being in the Super Bowl quicker than we think?
1: I do this with a little bit of hesitation because there's a lot of organizational incompetence you have to put on the shelf to do it, but I can see the Jaguars doing something similar in a couple years. Duval, Duval, you get Doug Peterson on board. I mean, obviously, an upgrade over uh, Urban Meyer, but so is my cat. Sorry, Blue. Trump Baalke obviously needs to go. Why? Whatever. I, that's a whole different podcast. Byron
0: Leftwich knew that. Byron Leftwich yes,
1: knew that. Yes, he did. Uh, but it's for the same reason the Bengals are able to do it in two years. They have the generational franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I do believe that. And they're also sneaky good with underrated and underutilized high James Robinson players in a lot of positions. Peterson's going to figure that out. And... We also forget the Jaguars were one half of football against the Patriots. If they had stayed with the RPOs, they'd probably play Doug Peterson's Eagles in the Super Bowl 52. And it only fell apart when Tom Coughlin came in and told everyone to get off his lawn. So they've been there recently. They were credible recently. It just all fell apart. And I think with Trevor Lawrence and those sneaky good guys and and a better coaching staff, organizational structure is the question mark, but... You know, Would it surprise me if they're in the playoffs in two years? Not at all.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, if it weren't for the quarterback position, which obviously is a, is a little bit important, um, I'd say the Giants, mostly because I really like the coaching staff that they're putting together mm-hmm. uh, with Brian Dable, obviously, is the new head coach, and a lot of those assistants that they've collected for his staff, I really, really like what they're doing. Daniel Jones is not it for me. I, I can't put that label on them until they have a quarterback I can be confident in. I think he wasn't,
1: the, he wasn't it for me when I gave him a third round grade and the Giants took what sixth overall? I'm like, what? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. I was in the same boat. Uh I was in the same boat there, but I also had a pretty high grade on uh, Dwayne Haskins. So I can't really say a whole lot there. But uh that's that's another Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, win some, lose some for me. But uh but yeah, I think the Jaguars We the all race, have
1: we all have those.
0: We do. We do. We always will. That's the way it goes. But yeah, I mean I agree with you that the Jaguars are the best candidate because of all the reasons you mentioned, but also because they have a chance, you know, with this draft class, they've got the number one pick again. They've got plenty of other early picks with which to continue. If they hit on this draft class and get some a few more pieces to finish off that defense, a few more picks to, to rebuild that offensive line and help Trevor Lawrence out, get him a couple more playmakers, I definitely think Peterson was a great hire for them. I think, obviously, he's somebody who knows how to get a team to the Super Bowl. And I think he can make it happen with the with with Lawrence, obviously as his quarterback, and if they get a few more pieces on both sides of the ball in this draft.
1: Hint, hint. Kyle Hamilton is the best player of this draft class. Doesn't matter he's a safety. Take him first overall. Just saying. Take him
0: first overall. Ooh, that's bold. That's bold. Uh, we'll finish up here with uh, the 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 best defensive player we've seen in a long time, right, Doug? I, I mean, Aaron Donald. Um, after the, the eight, nine years he's had in the league and uh, the way he has dominated since the moment he stepped foot on the NFL football field. Is it surprising to you that we're, we're seeing Aaron Donald might retire rumors? And obviously there were similar rumors about Sean McVay possibly going into broadcasting if they won this. He obviously shot those down pretty quickly. But Aaron Donald was a bit more reflective after the game when he was talking about it. And This is a quote. He said, I'm just in the moment right now. I'm enjoying this with my family. I promised my daughter this when she was five years old to play in the confetti. So I'm just in the moment right now. I'm going to enjoy this with my teammates, my family, and I'm just going to be in the moment and enjoy this today for a couple of days. How about that? It's a blessing. Now, if Donald does retire right now at age 30, does he go down as the greatest defensive player in pro football
1: history or no? Bill James had peak value and career value, right? And peak value was how high is the high? And you look at any defensive player in approximate value over his first eight years, and he's right up there. Um, His
0: whole career is the peak, Doug.
1: Yeah, I did a Twitter poll this morning with over 1,600 votes at this time. We're taping this. It was 45% for Donald as the greatest and 55% for the field. And there's some recency bias here. You may not have seen Joe Green. You, know, you may not remember Deion Sanders beyond you know the, the whole primetime thing and the coaching stuff. You may not remember a lockdown guy like you know Darrell Rivas. You may not even remember J.J. Watt from a few years ago if you were a new football fan. But we now have official sacks going back to 1960. Donald ranked 7th in sacks in his first eight seasons with 98. That's just no season. All six of the guys above the excep- ex- exception of J.J. Watt were primarily defensive ends. Only Watt has more quarterback hits than Donald's 226 in his first eight years. And like Watt, Donald has done it all from over the line. Which, by the way, we should have Watt in the peak value discussion too, because before he got hurt, he was thermonuclear. Donald has been more of an edge rusher in recent time to great effect. The extent to which he's double and triple team tells even more of the story than the stats do. You watch a tape and it's immediately happened in the Super Bowl. Three Bengals on him more than once. I'm not quite at greatest of all time. I'm I'm still in the Joe Green corner. But watching the way the Rams put the whole Super Bowl on his shoulders in the fourth quarter, the way Sean McVay said on that fourth and one, Aaron will do it. And he did. And I do know that he should have absolutely been Super Bowl MVP. I really hope Donald isn't done yet. Luke, we cannot lose Tom Brady and Aaron Donald in the same offseason. That's not fair. It's bad enough football season's over, I can't think about losing... The best offensive player and the best defensive player in the league at the same time. I just don't like it.
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie. The 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 Tampa Bay Homer in me is like, well, if if the Bucks have to lose Brady, then Donald should go. Fine. That's 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 how I. Luke, I love it's to not
1: just it's not just about you. It's, uh,
0: <laughs> is it not? No. No. Not I mean, a, it, not in this with, case. With with Donald, I think. And this goes for really anybody. I think it's just really hard to attach that that macro of a label to anybody, especially when you're looking back across all those eras. You think about guys like Deacon Jones and all the, you know, how to compare the film and the numbers and the eras and the way they played. I mean, I just always look at it as as a, a pool of guys. Like, once you, once you, and obviously the Hall of Fame is that, right? And, and Donald will be a first ballot guy, obviously. But yeah. he's in if the If he
1: retired now, he'd be a first ballot Hall of oh, Fame. Oh,
0: absolutely. He doesn't need to do another thing, yeah. and he, he knows that. But it's it's just... You can call him one of the greatest of all time. There's there's a, a fraternity that that he is obviously a part of. Once you start splitting hairs between eras and positions and you know, film and triple teams between you know, just 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 understand the impact he made on the game. He was obviously one of the best to ever do it. Really on either side of the ball, um, he'll be rewarded with a with a gold jacket as soon as he's eligible. Um, and I think when I look at the way he was just dominant across his whole career, if this is the end, right? That's what Calvin Johnson did, right, for his whole era. There was never yeah. a moment where he was not the most dominant player really on that side of the ball, let alone his position. The difference is for, for Donald, obviously, he now he has the Super Bowl ring to go with it. So he's definitely one of the best to ever play the game, period.
1: Aaron, don't retire. We need more of you. That's just saying. Not I yet. won't
0: mind. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, if he rides off into the sunset, I will wish him. I will wish him the, the the best of good riddance.
1: Well, up here in Seattle, a lot of people are really happy about that idea, <laughs> as you might imagine. That is true. That is true. I'll because Aaron it. Donald is particularly Aaron Donald against the Seahawks.
0: That's true. That's true. Well, we don't know if Aaron Donald will be back, but we will be back soon with another episode of Four Down Territory for Doug Farrar. I'm Luke Easterling, and we'll see you next time.